0: Amen. Worthy is the Lamb. I want to welcome you to Arden first. If you are visiting here, you're a special guest. Once you to feel right at home. We like to say we're a place where you can belong, believe, and become. This time we're going to celebrate some special people who just graduated. So, Carmen, Alec, Emily, Natalie. And uh, we also have... Um, Lauren, you guys come on up on stage, I'm not going to embarrass you, but let's give them a hand, since graduated. So we're going to say a special blessing on them, and if you guys would like, you can share a little bit about what you're going to be doing next. So let's see, Alec, I'm going to, since you're the gentleman on stage, uh, do you want to speak in the mic, share where you're going next or what you're going to be doing? Um, so my name is Alec Baer, and I just graduated from AB Tech's Culinary and Hospitality Management Program, and I will be acting as an assistant general manager at Pick and Grits in Burnsville. So thank you. Nice. And a uh, little little comment about Alec. If you guys ever throw a birthday party or anything, he's a great chef. We, we had a, um, a launch party for the 930 service. We were launch, and he hooked for everybody, and it was unbelievable. So he's a great cook. All right, Ms. Carmen. Um, I just, I'm just i about to graduate from North Henderson High School and go to UNC Charlotte in the fall to study music education. All right, yay. All right, you guys pick which one next. <laughs> um, I'm Natalie. I just graduated from Wake Forest University with a degree in sociology, and now I'm looking for jobs. Yay, nice. Thank you. Congrats. Right. I'm Lauren. I'm getting ready to graduate from AC Reynolds High School. And then in the fall, I'm going to be going to Lenore Ryan University to major in pre-med. Wonderful. Well, I'm going to say a blessing. Uh, we're going to give them a special gift called If by Mark Batterson. And the title of the book is Trading Your If-Only Regrets for What-If Possibilities. So as they're graduating from high school, college, Um, I want them to ask the the question, what if, what if, what what will God do in their lives? So appreciate you guys, and congratulations. We're really proud of you guys and excited for what lies ahead. If you will, let's pray over them. Father, we thank you for our graduates. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in their lives, for Alec, Natalie, also for Emily and Lauren and Carmen. God, uh, we just thank you for them, and we just want to pray your richest blessings on them. And uh, we just pray that you would prosper them, and that, God, they would represent the millennials who are serving you, and that they would change up this world for Christ in whatever they do. Blessings on them now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you guys are dismissed. Bless you. Also, Emily Bear wasn't able to make it. Uh, She graduated from Florida Gulf Coast College, so uh, be sure to congratulate her, and you guys are friends of them on Facebook, be sure to drop them a line and congratulate them. So today we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, and we're going to finish up the Sermon on the Plain. And today we're going to talk about your life. Which foundation are you building it on? Are you building castles of sand or are you building on the solid rock? So how many of you have ever built a sandcastle at the beach? Anyone? Raise your hand. This is one of the biggest sandcastles I've ever seen. I wasn't in person. But it's amazing when you look at it. The stature, how big it is. But I want you to notice what happens when the waves start hitting it. All of a sudden, this stately castle starting to crumble. And Today, we're going to look at the foundation of your life. Is your life built upon that which can crumble? Or is your life built upon the solid rock of Jesus Christ? See, the world... Appearance, People love appearance and popularity and fame and fortune. But when life hits, often their life crumbles. So we're going to look at the foundation of your life. And today's big question we're going to ask is, what is your foundation made of? Is it made of sinking sand or solid rock? Sinking sand that doesn't survive the hurricane force winds or solid rock that stands up Even when life hits. So today we're going to look at trees and fruit and houses and foundations. So if you'll take out your listening guide, we're going to jump into the gospel of Luke chapter 6. And we hope at the end of this message, you'll decide that your life is built upon something solid and substantial versus that castle I was thinking about that video. I wonder how bad the people felt that build it, right? You built this and all this. They had not known the waters would crash it down, right? So Luke chapter 6. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. and An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. And now we're going to talk about the buildings and the foundation. Verse 46. Why do you call me, Lord, Lord, but do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the what the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it for it was founded on the rock. But he who hears and did nothing is like the man who built a house on the earth or Matthew's parallel gospel, the sand without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Let us pray. Father, we're talking about two foundations here, sinking sand and solid rock. We're talking about two types of fruit, good fruit and bad fruit. So, Father, as we look into your word, help us to walk out of this place in courage, knowing that no matter what happens to us, We are founded upon the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So today's message is simple as we finish up the Sermon on the Plain. Just a little review. Jesus was giving a Sermon on the Plain, which is kind of like a parallel to the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5-7. through And he brings some radical teachings. And these are not things on how to get saved. These are what the disciples do. This is after you're a Christian. So he talks about if someone slaps you on one cheek, what do you do? Turn the other cheek. If someone asks where to give and if someone insults you, you're, you're to rejoice. So these things are very countercultural. So Jesus in apt style summarizes his entire sermon on the plain with giving us some analogies of fruit trees and houses and the foundation they're built upon. And today I'm going to ask three simple questions that I want you guys to really to self-examination. The first question is this. Are you producing good fruit or rotten fruit? Sorry if that picture makes your stomach turn. But verse 43 says, A good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree is known by its own what? Fruit. Some of you have heard of Ralph Barton. He was a political cartoonist, and he had everything the world had to offer. He was married four times in his own account. He went from wife to wife, house to house, traveled the world. Unfortunately, at the age of 39, he took his life. And I want to read to you what he had pinned to his pillow. This is his note that he left as he had his final night here on earth. He said, I have had few difficulties, many friends, great successes. I have gone from wife to wife and house to house. I visited great countries of the world. Listen to this last phrase, but I'm fed up with inventing devices to fill up 24 hours of the day. I'm fed up with inventing devices. He said, I've had everything. I've had famous friends, wealth. I've had everything I wanted. But at 39, he ended his life. And why? Why would such a tragedy occur? It's because of the foundation your life's on. And your life is either made up of bearing good fruit or bad fruit. Now, here's the question to ask yourself. Well, do sometimes Christians produce bad fruit? I would think so. We have seasons. But what Jesus is talking about is the whole of a life, just like the house we're going to talk about. As a whole, a good tree produces what type of fruit? Good fruit. And a bad tree produces bad fruit. Now, one of the, one of the strange questions I was convicted of you ever see someone's actions and you say, I know they did this and they said this, but I know their heart? Don't raise your hand. But how many of us said, that? I know their heart? Well, Jesus said their heart produces the fruit. So we can't really use that line. Well, you have got to know their heart. But it's like this. If, if their life is continually producing bad things, we can't use the I know their heart phrase. Now, if it's a season thing, then maybe we could say that. Maybe they're, they're having a bad day or bad season. All Christians make mistakes. All Christians fall short. But Jesus is looking at the entirety of a person's life. And it if their if their life is characterized by bad fruit, you can't say they have a good heart. If their life is characterized by good fruit, you can say that heart is changed. So here's the, here's the encouragement. If Jesus is living inside of you, you will produce good fruit. I've never went by a strawberry bush. My, my, my kids and I, we went strawberry picking recently and heard the strawberry bush just groan trying to produce fruit. Has anybody ever heard a strawberry bush just uh, trying to produce? I've never heard it. You know the reason why? It produces fruit naturally because of the root. If the root is good, the fruit will be good. If the root is bad, the fruit will be bad. So what is Jesus trying to tell us? What What is he trying to communicate to his disciples? If I am living inside of your heart, it should show. Think about it like this. If something, someone as big as God lives inside, don't you think it would show to those on the outside? So Jesus says, people will know you by how you live. People will know you by your fruit. So look at your listening guide. It's time to do a little fruit inspection. As I mentioned last week, we talked about judge not lest you be judged. And that's not saying you can't inspect the fruit. It's not saying that. It's saying you shouldn't have a critical attitude. But it does say that we should know people by their fruit. So there is inspection going on. Here's a few questions to ask. Are you making progress in your relationship with God and others or are you going backwards? The Christian life is not about perfection. Only one person was perfect. And who was that? Jesus Christ. We will never be perfect this side of eternity. We never will. We are forgiven in God's sight. We are perfected. But in the here and the now, we struggle. We struggle. But the key is not perfection, but progress. This time next year, if the Lord tears, you should be a little bit closer to God than you are now. If you're not closer to God than you once were, guess who left? It wasn't God. He said, I'll never leave you. We leave him, but he never leaves us. Another question. Is your first reaction loving or hurting towards others? So when someone offends you, hurts you, do you lash back in anger or do you respond in love? You ever heard the phrase hurting people hurt people? Did you know that out of your heart you operate if you are broken inside and I know many of us have seasons of brokenness. If you are broken inside, when someone hurts you, you will respond in a manner of brokenness. But if God has healed you and he's shown you his love, when someone bothers you and offends you, the first reaction is love. Another question, do you add to people's lives or take away? You may not realize this, but your friends and family see you either as an addition or a subtraction equation. You're either adding to people or take away. Now, to be fair, are there seasons where we we're negatives in people's life? Absolutely, there are. But that shouldn't be the essence of your whole life. When people see you, they should see someone that adds value to their lives, not someone who takes away from their lives. Somebody said, ouch. Are people better because they know you or do you leave them Bitter. You ever notice that? When, let's, let's just say your friendships. Have you ever met certain people that because you knew them, you walked away better than before? And then other people, not just you, but everyone they've had a, a chain of relationships with, they've left worse off than before? Don't look at the person next to you. But it's true. You either leave people better or bitter. Another question. Are you a hero maker or a hero slayer? Think about it like this. If we're adding value to people, If we're producing good fruit in the lives of others, shouldn't we be adding to people? Shouldn't we be raising them up? And the scripture talks about edifying one another. The word edify means to build up. So you're either building people up and making them what God wants them to be, or you're tearing them down. If your root is good, your fruit will be good. If your root is bad, your fruit will be bad. If you want a different fruit, you got to get a different what? Different root. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how Jesus comes in and he changes the heart. Once the heart is changed, the life changes. And that's why I've said previous Sunday, a couple Sundays ago, we're not in the business of behavior modification. What is behavior modification? Behavior modification is you've got to do this, you've got to do this, to do this you can't do this, you can't do this. Because that, that leads to legalism and no one ever does it. We are in the business of heart transformation. If your heart changes, the behavior changes. If Jesus is inside of you, it should show. Amen? That's why Jesus plus nothing equals everything. You need Jesus in your life and your life built on him. Amen. Second question, and these are all heart-probing questions. Are your words more like treasure or trash? I know that sounds a little blunt, but we've got to ask ourselves, are my words more like treasure or more like trash? Look at verse 45. A good man, also includes a woman, good woman, out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I asked the 930 service, I said, what did Jesus mean by evil treasure? Because I've, I've no, I don't know what evil treasure is. And uh, Teresa did not mind me picking on her. She said evil treasure is whenever, whenever someone thinks it's good, but it's really not good. It's something that they call good, but God calls bad. And we live in a world full of people that they think their treasure is great, but it's not really treasure. How many of you have ever seen the show Hoarders? Anybody? Alright, I got a little video clip about one lady that thought she had treasure, but as you'll see, it's not treasure at all. Let's take a little look. My house is like a jungle because... There's a lot of like stuff in the jungle and I think there's a lot of stuff in our house. I feel like I'm trapped inside. For most 12-year-olds, home is a safe haven. But for David, this four-bedroom house in suburban New Jersey is anything but. My house is filled with clutter that most of it we don't really need or want. And uh, there's stacks of piles of garbage. When my mom tries to clean up the house, like, a lot of it will come right back. Welcome to my kitchen. What's supposed to be my kitchen? It's a little messed up. This used to be my dishwasher, but it doesn't work. There's a lot of things in there that don't belong in there, and this doesn't close up either. We used to have a dining room table right there where this pile is, but slowly it got moved in with clothes baskets, backpacks, baseball. All right. So for her, that was full of treasure. Do you guys consider that treasure if you can't live in the house? And see, a lot of us, our lives are that way. We, we build on things other than Christ is the foundation, And I want you to get the big takeaway. Christ is the foundation. If there's anything other than Christ, it's the worldly treasure that in time ends up baggage. In times, ends up as clutter. Things that were valuable turns into things that are not valuable. Now, on the other hand, I want to share a story of something that happened in Texas. This is about a guy who found true treasure. Robert Rivera of Houston's base Robbie's Key and Lock recently cracked an old safe and found what all of us treasure hunters dream of finding, gold. The safe was a TL-30 concrete-lined high-security safe. Inside, a treasure trove of valuables, including cases and tubes full of gold coins. Rivera contacted the authorities, and the executor of the late owner's estate immediately staked a claim on the valuables. This place was full with cops and attorneys this morning, said Rivera. The safe is said to have contained $2.5 million in gold. All right, so which case scenario would you rather be, the first or the second? And see, the thing about the second, what's interesting is the, the people that were estate managers didn't even know about, it was hidden treasure. So when people hang out with you, do they find hidden treasure or do they find trash let me give you a verse this is on your listening guide second corinthians 4 7 it says but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from god and not from us here's the thing if jesus lives inside of you you have treasure but your treasure should never be buried treasure because if it's buried treasure who does it really help out not very many people right so Jesus calls us to be light and salt and let the, let the light out. Let the, let the world know there's a person living on the inside that changes the outside. So back to verse 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart. I want you to think about that. You have treasure inside. He brings forth good. And the evil man brings forth evil treasure. Notice the last phrase. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know one key to tell where someone... What's inside of them, whether it's treasure or trash, you mean to tell you what that is? Listen to their words. Now, it's not to say we don't have bad days. I know sometimes when I'm tired, this week I had a bad day where I was just gripey. Um, hopefully it wasn't the staff around me, but I think it was my family day. I was just tired, and I had to tell Kira, I'm sorry, I'm a little little tired today, a little gripey. Anybody else get gripey sometimes? All right, I've confessed it now. It's good for the soul. Um, you know so you have off days sometimes but that shouldn't be characteristic of your whole life you shouldn't your life shouldn't be where when people are around you your words just tear them down beat them down if you want to know where someone's heart is at listen to their words and i know that's convicting to think about but what do you yourself talk about most of the time when you're around your friends and you let your hair down if you have hair still you let it down and uh You know, talk and discuss. What what do you talk about? That shows you where your heart's at. People with transformed hearts speak with words that contain treasure. People whose hearts aren't in the right place spew out things that are discouraging. And I know this is convicting, but Jesus tells us as his disciples, we should be known by words that are like treasure, not trash. And all God's people said, ouch, right? Number three, third question. And we're going to talk about foundations. Is your house built upon a solid rock or sinking sand? Look at verse 46. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but do not do the things which I say? What would happen if the sayings of the Savior ...became the doing of the disciples. The sayings of the Savior became the doing of the disciples. Jesus said it, so we put it into motion. And as I said before, the Sermon on the Plain is not how to get saved. This is, you're already following Christ. You're already a believer. How should your life be different from the world's? So he's saying, why do you say, Lord, Lord? That That's an illustration of saying I'm a Christian. Jesus is my Lord. It's making much of Jesus as your Lord. So he said, you can't say that I'm a Christian but you don't follow the teachings of Christ. I don't know, I've lost count of how many people that say, I'm a Christian, but their life has no evidence of it. It's uh, like someone was saying the other day, I can't remember who told me this, but they said it's like if you're in a courtroom, would there be enough evidence to convict you as a Christian? Or would the evidence be lacking and inconclusive? May it never be said that there's not enough evidence to show. Look at verse 47. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the what? The rock. The flood arose, the streams beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it for it was founded upon the rock. Now, isn't this an apt illustration that Jesus gives us for the rain we've had, the flooding? So you kind of get the picture of the wind is blowing, the rivers are rising, If the house is built upon something that's not sustainable, sinking sand, it's going to fall. But if the house is built upon the rock, it's going to stand strong. Verse 49, But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against the streams, beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So, what foundation is your house built upon you really only have two options you have solid rock and you have sinking sand solid rock and sinking sand so the rock is a symbol of jesus we know christ as the chief cornerstone we know him as the rock of ages throughout the whole bible a rock is symbolic both old and new testament of god and his stability and he's someone you can count on sand on the other hand is known for that which doesn't last. When the storm comes and the floods rage, how will your life stand? This is not in your listening guide. If you'd write down Proverbs twelve seven, this is a, a good summary of Jesus' teaching. He said, The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous stands firm. Aren't you glad if you have Jesus in your life, no matter what happens to you, you have a firm foundation in Christ. So, I have a picture of three guys, and you probably don't recognize one of them. You guys recognize the guy on the far, it's going to be on your right. Who is he? Billy Graham. Let me tell you the other names. This is in 1945, by the way. There were three very famous people. Billy Graham was the least of the famous of these three. Uh, one was um, Braun Clifford. Anybody ever heard of Braun Clifford? Probably not. The other one was Chuck Templeton. Does that ring a bell? Most of you, unless you've studied evangelism, you have no idea who the other two are. Let me give you a little description from from the historical records. Um, Chuck Templeton was so impressive that he would ooh and awe ah the crowds. He was dubbed by one seminary professor the most talented young preacher in America. He and Billy Graham both worked for Youth for Christ. And Chuck Templeton was known as the Billy Graham of evangelism. Think about that title. Or excuse me, not the Billy Graham, the Babe Ruth of evangelism. Now we say Billy Graham, but he was known as the Babe Ruth, the guy that would hit a home run. Bron Clifford, on the other hand, he was the guy that was known as someone that was tall, intelligent, elegant, so gifted. Um, he was so gifted that at Baylor University, now we've got college graduates. Can you imagine this, that he spoke and the professors, the 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 president said, we're not going to have classes today. We're just going to let him preach as long as he as he can. And for two and a half hours, he preached and the students listened to him spellbound. Now, can you imagine a college student listening to a sermon for two and a half hours? I've never seen it. (laughs) After 30 minutes, I see people in my sermons ready to go. But two and a half hours spellbound. I mean, that's I I can't imagine that. He was so attractive and charming that Hollywood wanted to hire him to star in one of the, the, the movies. But a few years later, things changed for all three men. And as I said initially, Billy Graham was the least expected to succeed out of the three. He wasn't, he wasn't the best looking. He wasn't the best preacher. These other two guys were considered the best of the best. In just a few years, Chuck Templeton left the ministry just five years later after this. He declared that he no longer believed Jesus was the Son of God. And he took a career in radio and became a newscaster. So the, the Babe Ruth of evangelism struck out. He's like, I no longer believe. By 1954, this is just nine years later from what you see in these pictures of these guys in the ministry together. Nine years later, uh, Clifford lost his family. This is Bron Clifford. Lost his family. Left the ministry because financial irresponsibility. He got addicted to alcohol. And he left two kids behind that had Down syndrome. So he's like, wife, I'm out of here left two Down Syndrome kids behind. At the age of 35, he died in a cheap hotel at the edge of Amarillo, Texas. And some pastors had to collect some money to send his body to be buried. So you have two out of three that are expected to blow the world up, most elegant, gifted communicators. And what happened? They left the foundation. And Billy Graham, on the other hand, we know his story. Ministered to at least seven presidents, Um, spoke the gospel to millions. And here's the encouraging thing I want to take away from that, is if you consider yourself average, ordinary, not as gifted as these other two men, God can use you. Because God doesn't always use the the most gifted. He he wants to use the gifted, but He doesn't always use the most talented or the most attractive. He takes ordinary people and does extraordinary things through their lives, as long as they keep their lives on the foundation. Amen? Notice also in this text that both houses face adversity. The wind, the rain, it be equally upon the house on the rock and the house built on the sand. So if you're a Christian, you're going to have adversity. You're not exempt from suffering. You're not exempt from hardships. But the good thing is you have someone to lean upon. As a pastor, it's hard for me to understand when people experience death and dying and sickness, if they don't have Jesus, how do they cope? How do they process life? Your life needs to be placed upon the foundation. Christ being the cornerstone. So review, today we ask three really heart-probing questions. Are you producing good fruit or rotten fruit? And yes, we have seasons where we struggle. I'm not saying Christians are perfect. But as a whole, the whole of your life, a good heart produces what type of fruit? Good fruit. Are your words more like treasure or trash And I want it to be forever embedded in your memory, that hoarder's video. I don't want my life to look like that. Baggage and clutter, spiritually speaking, and stuff from the past that really makes it hard to enjoy your life. Are your words more like treasure or trash? The thing about it is when people hang out with you as a believer and they see what true treasure is, eventually they'll want to exchange their trash for your treasure. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, that's the hope. That's what evangelism is. It's it's sharing the good news that God will take you just as you are, but he loves you too much to keep you that way. His love changes you. And we talked about is your life built upon sinking sand or solid rock? There's only one stable foundation in life. And who is that? Jesus Christ. Everything else is sinking sand. To summarize the whole message in a sentence, your take home truth. Build your life upon that which lasts forever instead of that which sinks in a second. So as we get ready to pray, look, look in your listening guide. There's a few action steps, and I think we'll each fit in one of these categories. For the devoted disciple, this is the person that's trying to live the life, trying to produce the fruit. Ask yourself the question, is the treasure of Christ in me, is it hidden treasure, or am I sharing the treasure, am I sharing the wealth of all things spiritual with those around me. Don't let the treasure be buried treasure. Let it be like a treasure hunt every time you go out and share Christ with others. For the struggling saint, this is the person that you're in a season of maybe being backslidden? You're in a season where maybe it's not as it should be. And we all have seasons. Allow yourself to repurpose that from this day forward. I'm not going to build my life on that which doesn't last. As we've given in these illustrations, fame doesn't satisfy. Wealth doesn't make you happy. Long term, it doesn't. All these things you can pursue, it's going to end in you not feeling like there's anything worth living for. But if it's on Christ alone, then it makes the difference. So from this day forward, say Christ is going to be the foundation upon which I build. And just a little challenge to the high school, college students graduating the, the world will teach you that there are other foundations. There are other truths. But know this. Truth never changes. No matter what a college professor says, the Bible stands true. Throughout years, they've tried to dis- dismantle the Bible. And at the end of the day, they have no, nothing to stand upon. It's a solid rock that will give you the foundation to graduate school and keep, still keep your, your faith. And for the seeker, if there be one here today... That you've never placed your life upon the foundation of Christ. It's really simple. If you're willing to believe in Him, surrender your life, turn from your old life, repent of your sins, He will give you a new foundation and a new life. So let us pray. Father, I'm challenged by Your Word. And God, I know that many of us struggle. And we're not saying that we're perfect at all. We're saying that as a whole, we should be producing fruit. So, Father, I want to lift up, first of all, the devoted disciple who try to take the sayings of the Savior and make them the doings of the disciples. I pray that they would not bury treasure, just like that video we saw of that hidden treasure or so much. I pray that we would take the riches of Christ, the riches of our faith, and we would share it in love with those around us. As the believers continue to pray, I want to pray for someone that may be struggling in your faith. If you're what I call a struggling saint, it's okay. God's still for you and with you. Right where you're sitting, just tell God what's going on. Say, God, I'm struggling. It may be an addiction of alcohol or drugs. It may be a relationship that's toxic. It may just be your own uncertainty. God already knows it. Just tell them and say from this moment on, dear Jesus, I don't want to build upon that which is sinking sand. But I want to build my life upon you by walking with you every day, starting with today. As the believers continue to pray, I want to speak to someone that may be a seeker today that you've never really made the decision to ask Jesus into your life. As we continue to pray, if that's you and the Lord has spoken to your heart, Say a prayer like this. Jesus, I've built my life on other things besides you. And I need today, I know today, I need to give my life to you. I need you to be the foundation stone of my life. So Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my life. I make you my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, we want to welcome you to the family of God. Father, thank you for seeing your hearts. I pray that you would change your hearts so that the fruit would be good and it would get better and better as we grow in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This time, if you'd please stand, we're going to have our closing song. Invitation is going to be wide open if you want information about joining the church, if you have a friend that you want to pray for, or if you're a struggling saint or you know someone that's struggling, we're going to be here at the front. Myself, Miss Judy, Adam, the prayer team will be up here to meet you. So respond as the Lord leads. Let us sing together.